Grab a cuppa and take a seat. This is the Disability Podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the Disability Podcast. This week, me, Bethany, I am joined by Fenner, and she's our first international guest. Fenner is actually from Germany, and this week we are going to be discussing her experiences of anxiety and depression, high sensitivity, and eating disorders. So to start us off, you mentioned to me before recording this episode that all of these kind of like link together for you. What was the first thing that was actually diagnosed for you? And I just wondered, maybe you could also share a bit of a background into each of them. Uh, Yeah, so first diagnosed, I was with depression, but uh, the high sensitivity was there since birth, but we never really noticed it until... I think the last year so and how did the diagnosis kind of like make you feel because a lot of our previous guests have kind of said that they don't always enjoy the labels that go along with diagnosis did you find it was a difficult thing or was it kind of like a sense of relief having that diagnosis yeah I think it was definitely a relief because uh, I all the time I had no idea what was wrong with me so it was good for me personally to name the thing so yeah and with your like anxiety and your depression what kind of symptoms do you tend to have because obviously it can vary from person to person yeah so me personally I had a lot of loss of energy Uh, I had never really fun with anything I pushed my friends back a lot Mm -hmm. also I had sleep troubles panic attacks, self-harming. And what do you think is kind of the biggest misconception of anxiety and depression that people tend to have? I think everyone with depression and anxiety is suicidal, like that's not really it. And also um, a lot of people think the best way to help someone is to cheer them up, but that doesn't really help. Mostly it's just making it worse because then you'll feel like I have to be happy but yeah. kind of then adds into like being really fake around people and then yeah. like the distancing because you're like oh yeah I'm actually happy when inside you're like no I'm not yeah <laughs> and you yeah. feel like I suppose you can't be your true sort of self around your like friends and family then and that's also more kind of isolating in a sense yeah um, have you found kind of like adjusting to the lockdowns and living through COVID and stuff in terms of your anxiety and depression? Sometimes it makes it worse, but in other times it makes it better. Mm-hmm. Like with social anxiety, it's kind of like, okay, now I'm, I don't have to interact with people. So that's a good thing. But also it makes it harder when I have to. So mm-hmm. it goes both ways. Do you find that like doing different Zooms and stuff, is that quite nice in a sense? Or do you find it quite draining as well? I think it's quite nice because then I have to keep up like with people and I don't like lose social interaction completely. So yeah, I think it's good. Have you got any tips that you've kind of learned along the way to help you manage your anxiety? For me, it's that I have a routine and I stick to it Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't have 
really big change, changes uh, spontaneously. So yeah, that's really big help. Mm-hmm. How have you kept that kind of going through this past year? Because obviously, I know personally, my routine just feels like it's gone out of the window. And that like lack of like certainty, how have you managed to sort of keep that going? I think it's not like you have to have a big routine. It's just like get up in the morning, get dressed, mm-hmm. make your bed, that kind of stuff. And that alone really helps. I suppose like all the small consistent things are quite like yeah. nice to have every day. That's a good yeah. way to look at it. And for your like anxiety and depression, have you ever taken any like medication in the past at all for either of them? Uh, yes, both of them. And at the moment, I still take some pills, but they're all organic stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Did you kind of like research that yourself? Yeah, I did too. But also the um, the doctor I have, it's like he's really organic yay so (laughs) that sounds good is there what's the healthcare kind of system like in Germany for like mental health and things like that is it quite like proactive or Mm. not really I wouldn't say so not really no (laughs) and what was your kind of education of mental health like in school nothing really like I know a lot of people who struggled especially in school but no one really talked about it. It was just like, yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Do you think that's changing now or is it still very much the same? Mm, I think a little bit, but it's still mostly the same. Yeah. And do you still feel that there's kind of like a taboo around mental health in general? Yeah, absolutely. Like I can take my family, for example. It's like a topic we never talk about. It's just doesn't exist really is that quite a hard thing to manage not having that like freedom of conversation do you find it kind of easier to maybe talk to your friends about things or is it something that you just deal with yourself no it's like easier it's definitely easier to talk about friends with so yeah that helps that's good because I think like in terms of anxiety and depression it's always really good if you have at least one person you can always go to if you ever need that like extra bit of support I have some random facts actually about anxiety and depression according to mind one in four people will experience a mental health problem of some kind each year in England which I think is really is quite a high statistic and I think especially in England there's been some movement towards like understanding it more but obviously there's a long way to go still but I think the pandemic will really show that people need more support because I think it'll have impacted a lot of people that it hasn't done before previously if we talk a little bit about your high sensitivity I just wondered could you tell me like more about what your high sensitivity is so um for me mostly it's you never really notice it when you have it because it's like normal for you mm-hmm. But then when you think about it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that was because of my high sensitivity. Like all the, there are so many things that happen. And I'm always like, oh yeah, that's because of that. It makes really sense now. And in my normal everyday life, I mostly struggle with um, the 
taste, smell, and cons consistency of food, uh, loud noises, and my pain tolerance is really, really low. So yeah, that's a big struggle. Before um, recording this, I tried to look into it a bit more because before you mentioned it, I'd never even really heard of it. And it says that it can like affect everyone in different ways. So some people like bright lights, strong scents, loud noises. Um, and another thing I noticed was some people can feel other people's moods or feelings. Have you ever had Yeah, like totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a big thing for me. And it's sometimes it's really annoying because you feel for people, you're like, I should hate you, but I know how you feel. And yeah. It must be really frustrating. And it must kind of also, like you were saying previously, then link into that like anxiety and that depression and yeah. like picking up on other people's moods around you because you can't almost like switch off it's just part of who you are yeah it's really exhausting sometimes yeah is there anything you can kind of do to manage that or is it just something you have to live with until now I haven't really figured out a way how to deal with it but so I just have to live with it I guess yeah and do you find that certain things like really overwhelm you at times? I was thinking in particular of like, obviously you love theatre and like music, they're quite loud things. So do you find that like quite a lot to deal with? Yeah, absolutely. Like I often get a really bad migraine when I'm in the theatre, like after it, because all the stuff that's happening, like the lighting, the music and everything. So yeah, it can get really messy. Does that kind of take away from the enjoyment of the experience or because you still love it so much, do you kind of still want to be there? Yeah, I still want to be there, but it's also like I have to plan my day around it. Like I can't do anything else really and I have to be at home before so I can get all my energy out there, kind of, so do you tend to really struggle within sort of like group settings as well in terms of like feeling other people's emotions and all of that and obviously like loud noises if there's a group of you having a conversation it's bound to be quite noisy do you find situations like that quite draining or yes it's like more people means more emotions at one point and also the noises so it's really confusing sometimes when you're like in a theater group and everyone has different emotions you're like okay what's going on now and yeah it can be really exhausting yeah and I do you think you're like prone to being sort of more highly emotional as like a result of everything like yeah like I'm I'm such an easy crier <laughs> like in my normal life but also when I read books hear mu music or watch movies or something it's like I always cry so definitely. <laughs> Do you think like it's kind of the emotion side is it really like related to like being empathetic and just really understanding oh. other people because there's yeah. kind of like positives and negatives to that because the way you're describing it it sounds overwhelming and quite like a lot but also you must be quite like caring towards other people because you really understand what they're feeling and what they're experiencing 
Yeah, that's like, that's a good point of it. Because I always like kind of can comfort people when they come to me with something. So yeah, it's also a really good thing. Mm. Do you know anyone else that has high sensitivity? Um, not really, not personally, no. No. If you're happy to, I thought we could talk a little bit about like your eating disorder now. So I've got like a little stat to start us. According to BEAT, which is like a UK charity for like eating disorders, um, approximately 1.25 million people in the UK have an eating disorder. So first of all, I suppose, when did you first kind of realise yourself that you actually had an eating disorder? Um, really realised it about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And before that, I just tried to deny it for any reason I could think of. Because I think denial is quite a big part of that kind of world, really. Um, What type of eating disorder did you suffer from? Because I know there's quite a few. There are like three topic ones. And that are um, anorexia, bulimia and binge eating. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Uh, I have other specific feeding and eating disorder, it's called, because it doesn't fit all the criteria to um, have any of these. But uh, I'd say it's anorexia is like the nearest to my mm. symptoms. So, yeah. um, did you find that accepting that you actually had it was a hard thing for you to overcome? Oh, yeah, 100%. I had the diagnosis for almost a year, I think before I accepted it really mm. um, and it's still sometimes I it's hard to wrap my mind around it so yeah. What would you say the biggest misconception of eating disorders is? I think that people think only when you're really skinny you can have an eating disorder mm-hmm. because that's definitely not the uh, um, not the not true or like yeah it's not true yeah, yeah. Like, no matter what size you are, it, uh, you can have an eating disorder and it's not more or less important. And mm-hmm. um, what are the treatment options like in Germany? Mostly therapy. And if you're really, really bad, then um, you will probably get into the clinic and maybe you'll be uh, fed by feeding tube. But also there, like, therapy. And would you, in terms of the therapy, would it be like a weekly kind of thing where you would talk through certain things or? Um, Yeah, when you're better, then it's weekly. But sometimes if you're like really, really struggling, it's um, multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. And are there like any particular places you've received support from in terms of like, I don't know what the situation is with like charities in Germany who might be there to offer advice or like further information and stuff Mm, not really I think I don't know about any charity right now but from support I'd say my theater group Mm -hmm. because everyone just helps and looks out for each other so that's really big support then that's good and do you have sort of like regular checkups in like relation to it or is it kind of like an ongoing thing? Um, yeah, I'd say it's like ongoing. Like I still have therapy all the time. So that's 
my kind of checkup I'd say mm -hmm. and I was looking and like thinking obviously we're kind of like in a social media world now and like particularly Instagram people uploading like their perfect lives even though it's just a snippet of them do you find that social media can be quite a sort of triggering place oh yeah absolutely uh, with all the perfect bodies and uh, body shaming everywhere I think it can be really triggering so um, I think you have to learn yourself kind of who to follow and I myself had to learn when I start comparing myself to someone I have to unfollow them immediately so, yeah. yeah definitely and you kind of mentioned before in terms of like your anxiety and depression how that can make you isolate from your friends and your family do you find that your eating disorder as well does that also make you kind of like withdraw from people and isolate and not want to kind of engage yeah definitely because everywhere you go with anyone it's always food somewhere and in the face I struggle I just kind of don't want to interact with food any in any way so I try to keep away from people kind of because people means food I don't know yeah did you um or do you uh, like exercise a lot in terms of like your eating disorder or is that kind of like a misconception people can have yeah, I think that can be a misconception, really. Like, I, I know people who did, but I also know people who just didn't. So it really depends. Mm. One question I had was, can you think of any true representations within the media for, firstly, anxiety and depression? Like, something you've watched and you're like, that's what it is. Um, not really, I can think of right now. Like, I know there are a lot of people out there who share their struggles, but not, I don't have any name right now. No. And have you seen, I don't think I've ever seen high sensitivity be represented in any kind of means, because mm. I, I didn't know what it was until researching it a little bit for this episode. So that one, like, definitely there's no kind of knowledge or discussion around it, I suppose. Yeah, I, I know a few families who have children, but it's also not really diagnosed with them. It's just like, okay, they're really overwhelmed all the time. So I guess it's kind of like higher sensitivity, but not really. And have you ever seen like anything that really like represented your eating disorder as well? Because you kind of said it doesn't specifically fit within the three main categories it must be harder to then see like someone actually experiencing what you have in a sense. Um, yeah, a lot of people just say they have one of the kind because it's easier. You don't have to explain yourself like, okay, I have an eating disorder, but I don't have a name for it. So most of the people just label themselves with one of the kind. Yeah. yeah. But also I have no one in my mind right now, not a name. I know like, Body uh, Posey Panda, I think it's her name. Yeah. She's all about body positivity and stuff. And have you got any particular advice maybe for listeners who think they might have any of the things that we've discussed today? I'd say speak with someone about it. Um, and there's yeah, no need to struggle alone. 
Yeah, and it will definitely get better if you talk about it. We'll provide like support links as well in the description of this episode. So if you feel like you need any more information or support, then you can check those out too. Finally, you kind of mentioned that there isn't really any particular like charities or places, but I just wondered if there was anywhere you've kind of received like really good support and information that you'd like to sort of mention and give a shout out to at all. I heard a lot of good things about papyrus in the UK. Yeah. And yeah, I like what they share on their Instagram also and just everywhere. I think that's a good charity. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode, Fana. I feel like we covered a lot of different topics and we learned quite a lot of different things as well, particularly in regards to the high sensitivity and your eating disorder because they don't fit the like generic kind of boxes and they're very specific and good to learn about because there's not exposure or like as much information on them so thank you for sharing your story with us today and coming on the podcast you're welcome thank you goodbye (laughs) bye (laughs) this is the disability podcast